You're listening to the Lean Six Sigma for Good podcast. We help you learn how Lean and Six Sigma concepts can be applied to nonprofits, NGOs, and not-for-profit organizations. Visit us at LeanSixSigmaForGood.com. In this podcast, I share a video presentation given by Dominic Stokes, Matt Horvat, and Maria Grisenka from Lean Portland. They gave a talk about the history of Lean Portland and some of the projects and examples that have been done over the years. This was part of the Lean Global Connection, a free annual online event put together by Lean Global Network, LGN. They're comprised of 30 institutes and partners across the globe. You might be familiar with the Lean Enterprise Institute, which is the US Institute, but they have similar groups in other countries as well. This year had a really cool focus around a lot more sustainability projects. So their presentation fitted really nicely in this year's topics. The event took place over a 24 hour period. So they recorded and shared all the videos. I'll have a link in the show notes where you can check out all the different presentations. And I really encourage you to check those out. On the main stage, we will talk about lean for community projects. So I will leave the stage with this case here from Lean Portland. Thank you very much, Christopher. Hello, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. Um, we'd like to begin this presentation with a land acknowledgement. So our region is located on the traditional lands of the Multnomah, Calfamet, Clackamas, Cowlitz Bands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, Willamette, Tumwater, and many other indigenous nations of the Columbia River. This is stolen land, and it is our duty to continue to honor and center the first peoples of this region. We are Lean Portland, and our motto is helping people make work better. We are a group of Lean and Six Sigma professionals who want to extend our expertise into the community. We believe in sharing our methods, resources, and project results with the community so that we may all learn from our successes and mistakes. Below, you will see links for the ways that you can reach us, and the best way is by clicking on the first link and going to leanportland.com and signing up for our monthly newsletter. That's where you're going to be able to catch up with different activities that are going on and find out how we're continuing to help make communities better. Next up, we're going to hear from Matt and Maria, and they're going to highlight different projects that they've done in the past and the ways that they've been able to help the community and make things better. Matt? Thanks, Dominic. I'd also like to say thanks to our conference organizers and for the opportunity here to uh, share our history, how we started and some stories. Uh, this whole journey of Lean Portland has been a huge benefit to me personally and I hope we've made an impact out there in the community too. And so really what I'd like to do tonight is, or this morning, wherever you may be, is provide a call to action. Going out and volunteering to do lean related projects at non-governmental organizations or nonprofits has been a huge benefit to me personally. So it started just, I, I moved back to Portland in 2010 and started like a LinkedIn listserv to try to organize improvement professionals to just get together and do social networking and have fun together. One of the members, bless his heart, Richard Coley, had already had the practice of doing a pro bono lean project every year. And so with partnership of Lean Portland did another event. And uh, that got us started in like 20, 2011 was our first project. We'll tell a story about that here in a minute. 
But since then, we've just kept the model going because it's been working really well. We get together at least once a month, hang out, share lessons learned, do thematic type events, and uh, just try to organize people in our region. And it's such a treat to get a call. For example, a local school district called me six months ago and asked me to come help teach their shop teachers how to do 5S. What a treat. Okay, so we're going to jump into now some stories about lessons learned using lean tools here in the community with nonprofits. That first project that Richard helped us with was with Friends of the Children. So the big lesson we learned here was about how to engage clients. At first, we didn't know how to reach out to nonprofits. We didn't know how to set up kinds of agreements with executive teams. And Richard had a lot of that background and skills. And he really gained an appreciation for having like a senior coach, junior coach model to go into these organizations for every one expert in the room here, I bet there's 10 people out in the community who are learning, lean, want to apply their skills. And in the corporate environment, especially where I was at, it was very hard to just run with good ideas and get the kinds of practice and just repetitions to build a set of skills. So with Richard's help, we threw a value stream map on the wall of Friends of the Children. Friends of the Children is a place where they partner up like long-term relationships between the employees who they call friends and the children, these at-risk children. And so the value stream map you're looking at is actually the 15-year the, the lifespan of the relationship of the child from intake through like graduation. Uh, way different kind of model for a value stream than I've been accustomed to in my previous backgrounds. And so, yeah, it all worked. You know, we needed Richard to come in and help us get organized and get a, get started. But then just the tools made sense. People put their ideas on the board uh, and we did other regular stuff. We did focus groups to help get employee engagement and, and understand the real issues and concerns. And it got organized around and using straightforward lean tools that we're familiar with. A3s here, you'll see an example of a parent-child A3. So while we got organized on the projects, we were also able to teach some of these tools. Okay, and so with that, I'm gonna switch to the next story. Um, our next project, it, this was a volunteer opportunity that we spent, I don't know, maybe two years, every other weekend or one weekend a month uh, over at the Rebuilding Center. So the Rebuilding Center, they are, are kind of like, um, they receive construction materials and they uh, make retail outlets. You can go buy construction materials. Um, and their mission though really is to give people jobs that are otherwise not super employable. So we've been showing up and getting organized uh, in different places in the business. One of the big areas that was problematic was the construction donations processing area. That was an area where there was lots of, you know, regular people were dropping stuff off, but then the same staff was getting like pulled by shoppers needing support out on the retail floor. And so one of the ideas, uh, like you see on the screen, this little kiosk where there's a welcome sign and you had the things you need to go have a good shopping experience. It was actually pretty fun to, uh, we got the staff together and we did these mock interviews to like, what would a news reporter ask a, a shopper in the year 2025, like sometime in the future, there's a way to get these guys out of what they're thrown into and come up with some good ideas. But here, let me tell you the story about the, uh, the real main lesson learned. Again, this was like a long-term project where we'd spent about a year working, six months into it, We'd done some initial cleanup and was looking for more places to apply like cleanup kinds of opportunities. So we did some brainstorming. One of the well-known issues 
was with the checkout station. It just happened to be that the checkout station was kind of in the hallway between two main areas of the business. And so shoppers would come up to, you know, buy a door and have like giant thing with them and they would wait in line and then it would just cause a bunch of congestion right where it shouldn't be, right in the hallway where people were trying to get back and forth. So we engaged Ella Rose. She's a worker at the rebuilding center. And uh, she was the one that was like primarily the sale professional. So we grabbed her in a conference room like we had been doing and kind of did some planning and talking about how we would work together. And then we, it was actually a lot of fun because we had a chance to use like cardboard cutouts to do seven ways exercise, a technique from architecture. We also use 3P concepts to help identify customer requirements and then apply those seven ways options to customer requirements and we evaluated. But anyway, through all that, Ella Rose got a chance to do cardboard cutouts and relay out and reconfigure how she wanted the workstation. Uh, so we had we set up two teams with seven ways. That was like 14 different ways we could possibly build her checkout station. By the end of it, of course, she's been thinking about this for decades. And she we kind of picked like her option, obviously, because it worked and she knew what to do. The other coordinators within the rebuilding center got into action to actually build it out. It involved a complete teardown. There was permits involved. And so sometime throughout that beginning of the actual change, she had this enlightening moment or a moment where she shared with me openly how she really felt about working with us. We'd been there for six or nine months and had been doing different like cleanup areas around the facility, but we hadn't really worked with her specifically yet. And she opened up to me and told me about how up until that point of when the change was happening, she hadn't trusted us. She thought that we were going to waste her time and that she was confused about why we were there, what we were going to do. And in hindsight, she recognized it was really for her benefit. And so it was a very big moment of awakening to me about how blind I was, the lack of trust that she had for me until we got into that action partnership. So it was just a really big moment of growth for me personally to, to recognize how I was presenting myself and how I was being received. And so uh, that just that kind of moment of learning, I'm really grateful for. And so again, this idea about going and volunteering out into the community to do these projects, there's a lot of benefit that we've left uh, permanently at the Rebuilding Center, for example, but also for myself being able to have these lessons learned and, and this growth opportunities has been super benefit. So at this point, I'd like to turn the floor over to Maria. You can, she's on screen here um, in the photo Thanks. next to me on the lumber yard. Thanks, Matt. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Maria Gerzanka, and um, I was first introduced to Lean Portland. I do live in Portland, Oregon, and I was first introduced to Lean Portland through an unconference that was hosted, I think, in 2015 was our first one. In any case, that is me pictured in, in the middle there, and I think that little group is about half Lean Portland volunteers and half staff from the Rebuilding Center. And uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to volunteer with Lean Portland was I kept wondering about how large corporations have this uh, deep skill set in lean and uh, making workplaces more efficient. But that kind of skill and ability isn't always accessible to smaller nonprofits that are operating in our own communities. 
If you like this topic, please check out the Lean Six Sigma for Good book series with the subtitle, Lessons from Legemba. We now have both Volume 1 and Volume 2 in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Each volume has eight chapters written by different Lean Six Sigma practitioners who have applied their skills to nonprofits, NGOs, not-for-profit organizations, and government agencies. Proceeds from the book sales are split evenly and go to the nonprofit selected by each author. Go to LeanSixSigmaForGood.com or search Amazon for Lean Six Sigma For Good. These books make a great gift for your process improvement team or someone you know who works at a not-for-profit organization. So um, we volunteered on, and I think I joined the project several months in. I wasn't um, there for the entire time, but I did work with this group. Uh, I was mostly on Saturdays. So uh, this was outside of our normal work hours, but we were all uh, volunteering on Saturdays to help the Rebuilding Center make their workplace better. And what I got out of that was really, it was like there was a social aspect to what we were doing that wasn't necessarily present where I was practicing lean uh, during my normal work week. So that brings us to uh, after we closed out the project with the Rebuilding Center, another nonprofit that we worked with in our local area is called Free Geek. Now they started in the 70s as primarily an electronics recycler, so keeping electronics out of landfills. But over many years, uh, their mission had evolved. Now their focus is really on closing the digital divide for uh, especially kids in schools. And so what they're starting to notice is that a lot of the electronics that come into them these days are things that could be refurbished and reuse in the community. So we started this project and I think we worked with them for about a year and a half. And we started doing some 5S projects in different areas of Free Geek. So of course they have a receiving area that brings in a lot of materials that are then separated and routed to areas where they can be refurbished or torn down for further recycling. And eventually we ended up doing a value stream map activity with them. And this was really eye-opening for them because their perspective on their work was move the material through and uh, put it into piles so that it can be refurbished or taken apart later. But through that value stream mapping exercise, what they really noticed was how those laptops to refer be refurbished, the ones that were usable, the more current models were getting stalled at many stages in their process. And that led them to really redesigning how they prioritize their workload within the facility. The pictures that you're looking at here are mostly from an area that they call Macland. So this is where all the Mac computers go. There's a before and after picture here from uh, one of the 5S events that we did with them. Uh, and that takes us to uh, another project. Like Matt mentioned, Rebuilding Center, we were there for six to nine months. We were with uh, Free Geek for, I think, a year and a half. And one of the, the lessons learned throughout those projects was 
it was really difficult to keep that band of volunteers together for that amount of time. And so we started experimenting with shorter term engagements. And this was helpful for both the volunteers, but also the staff at the nonprofits that we were working with. Through these projects, we were able to just pick a particular tool set. So like 5S, we had done that at Rebuilding Center. We had also done that at uh, Free Geek, along with Spaghetti Map, and two examples of places where we experimented with this shorter term engagement are two organizations called Solve and DPAVE, along with uh, others. But I'll tell you a little bit about these two. Solve is a litter pickup organization. So they started uh, in 1969, uh, really focused on picking up litter from the Oregon coast. And it was an annual event that brought in hundreds of volunteers. Um, they provided trash bags and people would go out and pick trash from the, the Oregon coast. These days, they have a much more distributed model and leaders in communities all across Oregon can go to Solve and they provide the infrastructure for organizing your own litter pickup event in your community. So uh, we worked with them in their supply area uh, for the Portland metro region that supplies the materials like trash bags and trash pickers, gloves, safety vests, the area where they supply those items to volunteer leaders to run their own event in their community. We also did a 5S event with an organization called DPAVE. And what they do is find areas in our urban landscape that are covered with asphalt. And they bring volunteers together to take apart the asphalt and haul it out of there so that it can be replanted with green spaces. A lot of times they're, um, they become playgrounds or community gardens. Um, the interesting thing here is after working with these two organizations, I get to interact with them on the customer side as well. So uh, I help lead several solve events here in my own neighborhood and DPAVE is working on a project in my neighborhood as well. So I'll show you a couple of pictures on the next slide. Uh, of what that looks like. So the picture on the left is from the DPAVE uh, storage area. Again, this is uh, them providing supplies to groups of volunteers. Here, there's a lot of tools, wheelbarrows, all of the bins on the side contain safety items or other administrative items that are required for the event. And so we helped them 5S that area so they could easily get in and out, reducing the setup time and put away time before and after the event. Now, the spaghetti looking picture on the right of the slide, this was the 5S event from Solve. And we did this in a series of a couple of hours over the course of two or three weeks. This was during COVID. So we did some of it online, but then some of it in person as well. And we used, in this case, uh, a digital whiteboard application called Mural to stitch all of these things together. So we did some initial training with them, um, but then actually did the Gemba walk and process mapping in person. And all of those pictures you see 
are their storage area, which is also their picking area to pick supplies for volunteer events. Those are all hooked together with those blue dots that indicate all of the process steps. So we were able to show, teach both 5S spaghetti mapping, process mapping, and help improve some of the pinch points where things were getting crowded in their picking area to get those volunteer supplies out for leaders that were running their own pickup events. So we've been experimenting from these larger, longer term engagements to shorter term engagements. And of course, this is all happening during COVID. Um, let's go to the next slide for one more project example. And this is when we turned our own lean thinking onto our own organization. So we used one of our own volunteers to help facilitate us in examining our own community project process and trying to find what some of the barriers were for finding volunteers, finding projects. Um, but several themes came through. The, our volunteers wanted experience in facilitating a space to practice their skills outside of their normal workplace and the helpful support of another person that has gone before. And I think that all goes all the way back to what Matt was saying initially with the support of Richard Coley on the Friends of the Children project. Um, this is all really underlying with a, a very social uh, construct of having friends to do this work together with. So in the end, I think we're basically a, a social group that likes to do community service. In the spirit of continuous improvement, we are constantly experimenting with better ways to do that. And you're all invited to join us. And at this point, I'll hand it back over to Dominic. Thank you, Maria. Maria had said something earlier where there was a certain point where she was able to join in through Lean Portland. And she said that one of the first things that got her into it was the on-conference. Similar to her, once the unconference went digital, in 2021, I was able to join my first unconference as well. And unlike Maria and Matt, I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so I'm not anywhere near Portland, Oregon to participate in any of these events. But through the mentorship and very open virtual spaces that have been created by Maria and Matt, I've found tremendous support and methods and opportunities to practice tools that might not come up at my regular nine to five as well. We've done Hoshin Conry diagrams. We've facilitated an event each month. And I've been able to work in the background with Maria and Matt to get the real repetitions that I've really wanted to gain um, so that I can digest these tools and use them more than a textbook would explain them to be used. Um, on the next slide, I'd like to talk about one more thing. So Maria talked about our unconference, and that's how she got into it. That's how I got into it. We have another unconference. The theme is Lean for Social Good. That's going to be on December 5th from 3 to 6 Pacific. You can find the information on Eventbrite if you search us on there. Again, if you go to Lean Portland or any of the other links that we're going to show on the next slide, you're more than welcome to join us. So we hope that this presentation showed tactical, real examples of how we've been able to help the community using lean methodologies and Six Sigma methodologies. But at the same time, we're hoping that it inspires you to do the same, emulate it, go out and 
try to get a group of people together to go volunteer at a local space and help make your community better. And in the meantime, if you want to try to find some sort of support or idea generation, you can always join us each month for a virtual happy hour. It's the first Tuesday of every month. And you can see some of our creative ways to discuss things like fish bones. We had a, fam a fishbone family feud event earlier this year, or a what's the worst waste double elimination bracket challenge. Um, we talk about 5S and other general concepts that help people learn in a fun way. With that, we can answer any questions that have been put in the chat. Anastasia said, inspiring indeed, and thank you for sharing. Thank you for that comment. Are there any specific questions for Maria or Matt that we can bring up about any of the pro any of the projects that they showcase? Maria and Matt, in the meantime, if you want to say anything else. Yeah, inspiring is is the truth. It is, uh, it's been inspiring for me to see people come together and give back the, mm -hmm. the hundreds of hours every year that is volunteered to participate and organize these things. It creates a lot of solidarity among us. Looking back on all of these projects, I think the one thread that really comes through for me is that um, a lot of it has to do with the social connections that underlie it. So, you know, although we're using really simple tools that you might start with as very basic in your workplaces, there are definitely organizations out there that don't even have those basics. So um, it's not a heavy lift to teach somebody the eight wastes or 5S and they can benefit from it right away. But it's also more fun to do that with friends. One thing I can say as well that, that kind of goes along with that, in my many workplaces, I've been able to use direct social examples that we've gone through in Lean Portland to introduce people that have never heard about lean manufacturing or any of these lean methodologies to be able to introduce it to them for the first time. And it's gone over much more smoothly than I would have anticipated had I just used the textbook examples and the traditional definitions. So I'm able to meet people where they're at due to the work that I've been able to do with Lean Portland. Now, again, thank you, Lean Portland. Excellent stories here. And again, we, we, we are here as a community. We are sharing. Um, and thank you for sharing and being part of this uh, Lean Global Connection effort. I think that that's part of what we want. We've began this event 11 hours ago, and and we're we're going on. So sh time is shifting. Most of Europe already went to sleep, but we have all the Pacific from United States still awake. And soon we will connect with a lot of people from Asia in the in the next sessions. But again, thank you, thank you very much for participating in this with us. Are you interested in learning more about Lean and Six Sigma? Or are you looking to expand your existing skills to apply them to environmental impacts at your work or in the local community? Check out our free online course called Lean Six Sigma and the Environment on thinkific.com. We'll teach you about the Lean Forms of Waste and Waste Walks, which stands for Water, Air Emissions, Solid Waste, Toxins, and Energy. We'll go over examples of reducing electricity and solid waste teach you how to involve your facilities and environment safety and health personnel. We'll provide guidance on how to green your 5S and lean Kaizen events and many other tools specific to finding environmental opportunities. Learn more at leansixsigmaenvironment.org.